to Zion Podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in today to, in this case, listen to what we're going to talk about here for a little while. I do want to say I apologize for the delay in recordings yet again. Um, this time, it would take some uh, some time to explain. I plan to do that in some future episodes and just kind of elaborate a little bit as to what's been going on in my life for the last two to three weeks specifically. And some things have made their way into episodes forthcoming. And uh, so thank you for your patience and for sticking around. And uh, we will be back to normal, I I hope soon. And of course, as we head into the cooler months of the year and where I live, there will be a legitimate winter. And so uh, that will force me indoors more. Um, And so I'm looking forward to some more time um, to study. Less daylight means more studying time. And uh, so, so thank you for waiting for that, for your patience. This morning, today, middle of the night, whenever you're listening to this, I would just like to talk for a few moments about a very simple verse that, that was our whiteboard teaching today in our house. It's Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Let's just go ahead and read it. It's very short. It's very simple. Um, and so let's just read it. Fools suppose... Their way is straight, but the wise pay attention to counsel. Fools suppose their way is straight, but the wise pay attention to counsel. Now, I feel like this is a point that I can talk to. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm qualified to talk about this verse for a few moments. Well, why is that? Now, I was raised Christian. Baptist, to be specific, my mother took uh, me and my siblings to to church for for our younger years. Uh, we would go to Sunday school. She enjoyed to sing. She enjoyed singing, um, and we were always involved with some church. We did youth group. We did youth camps, and uh, on a small scale, not like what you may think of that meaning today. I'm not talking about you know these mega church events. Mega church didn't exist back then, really. Um, <laughs> but just kind of rural Baptist church ongoings. And, and so I grew up with a, a basis of understanding the Bible in measure, you know, in, in Baptist theology and just basic Christian American thinking and doctrine. Now, that is, of course, ongoing today in many parts of the country and even the world for that matter as, as America has taken the Christian religion to the corners of the earth. Does the earth have corners? Oh, wait, never mind. We can't talk about that. The earth is, the earth is round. So anyway, moving on. Um, so so this, this mainstream Christian gospel, as it always has, promotes a a way of receiving counsel and direction and teaching coming through a pastor. It comes through your leader within your church. Whatever you attend, whatever whatever limit you give yourself to, your counsel comes through a designated 
teacher, leader, authority figure. And that's just the way most of religion functions. Now, now without getting into hierarchical Christianity and, and, and leader-based religion and trying to expose that, I mean, that's, that's so old news in our household and in my heart. But it still needs mentioning in the case of that, what we see today as the church was never the biblical model in the sense of leadership. I am a firm believer, if you listen to the program at all, you know I, I talk with great length, on occasion anyway, about how I perceive, just my perception, of right church leadership. Church leadership, for the most part, in a biblical sense, boils down to an, an elder understanding. Someone who shows all the attributes we see that are listed out in many ways that, that we've been told the functions of the church and, and requirements, if you will, for, for men to assist in leading others into a maturation process and help them by instruction, by guidance, first and foremost by example, and I would submit also to be applicable to this verse with counsel, proper counsel. Now, it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be this rigid, you know, meet brother so-and-so in his office at 2.30 on Monday afternoon, and that's where we've gone wrong. We have made discipleship a program instead of a life function, instead of a an outflow out of our life because it's not something we do, it's just who we are in the natural, if you will, albeit supernatural, <laughs> but the outflow of who I am causes others to move forward in their, in their process of sanctification or maybe into regeneration itself at the very outset because there's some sort of evidence in my life that compels anyone to ask questions, to ask about anything and to what? To seek counsel. But the problem is that, that what I have seen and what I brought out in our whiteboard today specifically is, is as with anything, you can generally draw a line down the middle of any topic, of any, of any teaching, of any doctrinal understanding, of any Bible verse. And you can, you can almost always establish two sides that, every, that the majority fall into. All of us have been guilty, and many of us probably are right here, right now. And the reason I can speak to this, I believe, with some sort of humble confidence is because I feel like in my life is a, is a decent dose of understanding towards this principle that I'm presenting today, which is I... Okay, so let's talk about the two sides, if you will, for just a moment. I presented this morning uh, in our teaching time online and with my family at our kitchen table at breakfast that you, you basically have two camps. You have church attendance, which we've already, of course, touched on, where you receive counsel, you receive any kind of direction, advice, or even instruction, because we have to look at this biblical understanding of the Hebrew word for counsel. And it, it's, it's broad, of, as, as most Hebrew words are. It's, it's a broad stroke. 
But most of us have been brought up in a culture, a religious culture, that whether it is said directly or whether it is just kind of subtly presented to you, you receive your counsel, you receive your instruction from a designated leader. Again, as we've already mentioned, this man is labeled pastor, teacher, deacon, priest. These men are in place to give you counsel. And a lot of people, for the most part, of course, stay within the boundaries and kind of that safety zone of men who are prescribed a position. Now, I'm always quick to say, now, just because man has branded a man a leader does not make him one. Just because he's attended seminary, just because he has been given a function within the church does not automatically make him a godly leader. It's not a prerequisite (laughs) to be godly or to be holy or sometimes to even be educated. I was a youth pastor leading kids addicted to pornography to nor at no end. I wasn't qualified in any way whatsoever. Case in point, myself. I had, that was just one of my issues. You don't have time for me to list them all. So it's not a prerequisite to be a holy, consecrated man to be in a place of leadership and authority. But the church just places men in authority and others fall in line and do as he instructs. As he hears, as he understands. Now, now the other side of this that, again, I'm always quick to, to rightly just explain, not all men in man-given authority positions are just negligent or spiritually juvenile. You know, a lot of people go to the extreme and say, oh, pastors, pastors, oh, leaders, leaders. They're all. No, I don't believe that. I I don't believe that at all. I believe there are men who are ordained by men to be put into a function that are, in fact, fulfilling a role and a purpose that is Yah-given, like given to them from the highest level of order and power that there is. And they just happen to be within the confines of the religious system. That That's, of course, true. There are good, godly, right, mature, holy men in pastoral functions within the church, the organized church, of course, yes. But I would say from my experience as a 48-year-old man who has been pretty heavy in the church in one way or another for my whole life to say, I would say the majority falls into just the normal hierarchical functions of church. A man is qualified according to man's standards. He is ordained according to man's standards. He does whatever the, don- the, the denomination demands, and he is approved. And therefore, he's given a position, and as everyone, as the majority of humanity, religious or not, you simply do what the authority figure tells you. We see that front and center right now in this nation and in the world. Well, he's a doctor. Do as he says. The experts say, and we have the exact same thing in the church, and we need to just acknowledge that and say that this is a sickness that, that really could use um, some, some medication, 
I say it needs a surgical removal, but let's even start with, with something at all that, that can help eradicate the church from this dysfunctional approach to what? How we receive counsel. And then there's the other side. And again, why I can speak to this, I believe, confidently is probably 16, maybe 17 years now, I lose track. We, I'm giving quotes now, we came out of the church. Our eyes were open to the religious system that I had been in and under and even somewhere on the pyramid of, of leadership within. And, and, and we just said, you know what, this isn't right. We've known it's not right. This is why we have not fit the mold. This is why pastors would call me, well, one, call me to his office and, and set me straight because we ask questions, because we, we, we are in the back of the classroom raising our hand and saying, I'm sorry, but that doesn't sound right to me. Well, you got to go, <laughs> instigator. And that's followed me all of my life. Whether it plays out subtly or very just bluntly, you are told your place within the religious church system. You have got to be controlled in organized religion. The people have to be controllable. They have to be dependent upon the leadership entirely. I don't care what anyone says. You have got to be dependent. And if you are not dependent to, in, to, the, to the manner of what leadership tells you, you are a rebel. And you either find your place or you find another place. And most of you know what I'm talking about. But the other side of the coin that's also as, as equally dangerous as being just under the heavy hand of religious leadership, in my opinion is the I've got this myself mentality. And this is why this stuff, this stuff takes explaining because people who are in and under the church religious system would, would tell you the same thing I'm about to tell you. But miss the middle ground, which we're going to culminate with here in a moment. But number two, the other extreme, the other side, if you will, that I, see, I have seen so many fall into is I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody to teach me. Holy Spirit is my teacher. Holy Spirit's my teacher. He will teach me all things. You won't need a teacher. I, this one guy that I listened to, this brother that, that um, I, think, I think it's the gentleman that lives in Georgia. He says, well, if we're in this fulfilled age of the fullness of the new covenant reality, it says we'll never need a teacher. Do you need a teacher today? And the fact of the matter is, the, the, the comical point he's making is, what are we all doing right now? We're gathered in a room being taught <laughs> by a human being. Friends, we're in, a, we're in a place, we're in a position where we need taught. Human beings are teaching other human beings. Pastors, leaders, teachers are standing up in Bible studies, sitting around a table at a men's gathering for breakfast, sitting in a couch. I don't care what the setting is. We are still in a place where we need brotherly counsel. We need the counsel of other people. Pay attention to counsel if we are wise. And so this other extreme, this second side, says, you know what? I don't need anybody. I have my Bible. I know how to study. I've been delivered from the religious system 
yet they still, to no end, talk about how wrong the church is 90% of the time of their spiritual discussion. The purpose is to constantly bash the church or to constantly tear down the Christian hierarchical system. Now, there's a time for that. There's a disconnecting season where we have to come to that reality. But I shared this with a brother the other day, just a little bit of our testimony, is probably for ten, almost 10 years, we were amongst a group of people that I love dearly. I love as much as any other person on the earth. Still do. Miss them greatly. But I, I, I just got to a point, and my wife as well, we got, we got to a point where we didn't want to talk anymore about what the church was not doing right and how wrong the hierarchical, hierarchical leadership model is. And we said, you know what? We've got to start talking about what the church is and find out how in the world we can start being her rightly instead of always talking about what she's not. And so because of the goodness of the Father, we moved out of that. We moved out of the what the church isn't fascination and at least a, a, attempted to embark into becoming what she is supposed to be. And so I see great danger now looking back and setting up camp in the place where all you do is study the Bible for yourself and just trust Holy Spirit to give you absolute truth. Because, friends, the problem with that is what I said this morning, truth, capital capital T truth now, is scattered amongst the body. It's scattered amongst the body. And, friend, you will not find it on your own. You will not find it on your own in its entirety. It is impossible for you. It is impossible for me to find that by myself or alone in my house with my wife. We will not find the immeasurable facets of this beautiful invitation to, quote, find truth, to study the Word, to understand the Word, to see the facets of the body, to see the functions of the body, how different people have different giftings and different abilities and different perspectives than me and my own household. There is so much more. Can we study? Yes. Can I pray? You better believe it. But if we have been duped to believe that worship or Bible study is equal when we do it by ourselves versus doing it with a plurality of people, we I would say we've been deceived. From my own first-hand experience of doing both sides for years, I would say we've missed out on the beauty of the fullness that can in more and in greater increment be found in what? Many people. Now, I don't mean many like thousands or even hundreds, but I mean others, others, other people in our lives. So I just want to send this caution, and then we're going to bring it to one other point, and we'll, we'll turn this off, but I'm just compelled to speak to this because it's so dear to my heart. Because I know so many people that fall on side A or side B. I've known them my whole life, and I still know them now. Number one, well, are you in church? You can't be pleasing 
to God if you're not in church hearing the sermons of the pastor and the direction of the leadership. No, I don't agree with that. Assembly, gathering, biblically right fellowship, yes and amen, but that is not always what's the case in church, organized as it has become. And nor do I believe that me and my wife are sufficient. We will be greatly lacking if we lock our doors and seek the Lord just ourselves. The problem is we don't. We won't. I've tried it, friends. I've tried it. I've seen the fruit in in other people's lives who have tried it or are trying it, and I do not see the same fruit as those who are within a plurality of people allowing others to speak counsel into their lives. The fruit is very different. The fruit is very identifiably different. Why? Because Yahweh Elohim created a body of people. A body of people. We are told it's a body by the creator of all things. It is not our idea. It's not some cool metaphor. We have been told that he has made a people who were formerly not a people. What were we before? We were individuals. We were individuals. We were individuals. I say this in so many different ways in so many different podcast episodes. People who were just individuals have been called into a reality of becoming a people, an identifiable, holy, consecrated people. The ecclesia understanding in the Greek towards what the body of Messiah even is, the gathering, the gathering of the assembly, a people. And so, friends, how, how do you function today? Let's put it this way, and then, then we'll bring this episode to a close. When was the last time you pursued anyone for counsel outside of your own household? When was the last time you picked up your phone and told someone, you know what, I just need help? I don't have understanding towards this issue, this Bible text, this doctrine. When was the last time someone gave you counsel for some of you it may it may have been years ago outside of your home someone outside of your own sphere of understanding and doctrinal beliefs when was the last time someone gave you counsel and if you can remember how did it go How did it go specifically when someone gave you counsel that was different than what you already wanted to hear and what you already believe? How did it go? Did you sit in silence and listen? And if you did, how long did it take before you gave a rebuttal? And how long did it take? How quick was your response to set the record straight towards a matter that was presented to you that maybe differed from what you were told? Friends, I'm telling you, I can speak to this because I do it. I'm not being arrogant. I'm just saying it's a, it's a miracle of the Father with the type of personality I have and in my upbringing and in just my DNA as a human being to openly seek out and receive and be open to counsel. Many times it disagrees with my own belief systems. This is a great treasure. 
This is a great treasure. I never, ever, ever thought I would be able to receive counsel from someone and be mature enough to listen without responding with a disagreement or without having to give in to that insatiable drive to prove them wrong and to tell them the truth, but instead to be still and to be quiet and to consider and to pay attention to counsel. There's wisdom in a company of counselors, says another place in the scriptures. Similar to what we're talking about today, Proverbs 12, verse 15, fools suppose their way is straight, but the wise pay attention to counsel. You've been listening to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for listening. Reach out to us to at uh, pathtozion.com, on pathtozion.com, or pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. That's our email address if you want to do that. Reach out to us on Facebook. Let us know how we can pray for you and encourage you. And seek the Father's face for you to see if he would give us any counsel towards your life. I need counsel for mine. Let's just humble ourselves and depend upon one another in a right sense so that the Father can orchestrate the works He wants to carry out on the earth right now in our age. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We're going to have video um, episodes coming up soon, so, so stay close to our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Amen.